The reading for today is Psalm 90, verses 1 to 17. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass, and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is the word of the Lord. My name is Richard. If uh, we haven't met before, one of the ministers here, it is great to have you with us uh, or joining us online. And uh, we're going to turn back to Psalm 90, which is just read for us, and consider that for a few minutes together as we do so. Would you let me lead lead us in a prayer? Our Father, this is a, a sobering psalm on a sobering day, and... Uh, Not comfortable to read and consider, but we trust you. We trust you as we pray through the Lord Jesus Christ, our living hope, that your word is good for us. And so please would you speak, please would your spirit come and uh, teach us through his word, give us wisdom as we consider our years and our days and the span of them. Amen. Today is, of course, a day when we remember lives cut short, and uh, we had our act of remembrance uh, earlier. Ruth spoke of those 800,000 poppies and the the striking thing of seeing them. It's a day we remember lives cut short. But I wonder in our heads what short is or normal is. We uh, thought earlier about the lifespan of animals. I wonder if uh, you had to pick a number, how many weeks would you say is the average human life? Uh, In your heads, what would you think? Uh, The average human life, how many weeks? I'll tell you, give or take, the answer is 4,000. 
And I wonder how you hear that number, 4,000. Uh, it may be more than you imagined, maybe less. It may be that some of us uh, at the younger end, uh, platformers, students, uh, with many of those weeks ahead of us, it feels like it stretches a long way into the distance for others of us. We hear that number and think our clock is ticking very close to 4,000 or maybe even past it. I wonder how that number lands with you. I got it from uh, this book, uh, up on the screens, uh, 4,000 Weeks uh, by Oliver Donovan. Uh, out last year, uh, very highly recommended to me. I haven't read it, uh, but I've had it recommended. And uh, I've read some reviews this week to get a sense of what he's talking about. Uh, 4,000 Weeks, uh, roughly the average human life. And here's uh, the first sentence of his book. The average human lifespan is absurdly, terrifyingly, insultingly short. And the second sentence of his book says, the average human lifespan is absurdly, terrifyingly, insultingly short. And then there are some other sentences. It's not a whole book of that. But he wants us to know 4,000 weeks, 4,000 weeks, 4,000 weeks. Because, at the subtitle, you can't read it, but uh, time and how to use it. And his contention is that unless we have that number, 4,000 weeks in front of us, day by day, we won't use time well. Well, that's uh, Oliver Berkman, uh, endorsed on the front cover uh, by uh, Robert Webb and by uh, Darren Brown. If those are names that interest you, then uh, they like this book. Uh, but Moses, whose psalm we're considering this morning, would say, you're very good. I said that 4,000 years ago. Uh, in Psalm 90, at the very heart of this uh, psalm, Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach us the length of life, the nature of life, so that we can live wisely. That's the, the burden of this psalm. And it's a psalm from a time of exile. Uh, This uh, section of the book of Psalms uh, reflecting on Israel's experience in exile, driven from their country by a a foreign power, made to live away from home. And uh, for for this psalm, they look back to Moses. This is a prayer of Moses. We're told at the top, uh, the man of God, a prayer of Moses, the exile expert in the Bible, who led God's people for 40 years in the desert, uh, outside of their promised home. And so it's a a psalm for a time of exile, a time of loss, a time of uncertainty, a time of instability, a time of death. It's a psalm that would have resonances with war generations facing those things, those same things. Maybe it would have resonations with a COVID generation facing those same things, instability and loss and death. And at the heart of it, this prayer, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom And we'll look at the psalm in in two halves, kind of cut by that great central verse, that pivot. And uh, the first half is a a reflection on the number of our days. Teach us to number our days, uh, is what the first half is doing. And it begins with the Lord. He is the the context, the, the canvas on which we can understand the nature of our life and the length of it. Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Through the generations, unchangingly, 
before the mountains as the one who formed them in his hands. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. He is a home, a dwelling place for his people. And having looked at him, a glimpse of his eternity, Moses turns to us. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. Return to dust, you mortals. Think of at the human body. In all of its astonishing complexity, the the chemical and biological systems, the bundle of nerves and hormones and muscles and bones that make us work. And all of it, at the end, returns to the dust from which we were made. And that is, says the psalm, the Lord's work. You turn people back to dust. It's his word. You say, return. Return to dust, you mortals. And the next few verses give us a sense, a feeling of the brevity of that life. In between dust and dust, a very short time. A thousand years in your sight, Lord, are like a day that's just gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They're like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. Two pictures that Moses gives us. The first, that of, of the day. A thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it's past. Pick a day from last week, Thursday. What did you do on Thursday? How much did you get done? Did it feel sort of life-shaping? Did it feel world-changing? Or just a normal day? A thousand years in God's sight are like a day that's gone by. Think how many people have died in the last thousand years across the world. The Lord would say, that's, that's all in a day's work for me. Or the second picture, that of the grass. Uh, they are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. Which is a picture we probably don't understand if, like me, you've mostly grown up with English lawns that are green all year round. But uh, a picture up on the screens uh, from the Middle East. Uh, this is the kind of grass that Moses has in mind. Uh, growing up out of the sand. And... Uh, the way it would be is you have a few sort of wet days and sort of astonishingly, miraculously, this grass pops up out of the sand and it, it grows uh, to that sort of height in just a couple of days. And then you have a couple of dry days and it's gone again. This astonishing growth and it's not going to last. And Moses says that's a, a picture of human life. Astonishing. And gone. Teach us to number our days. And the question, I think, at that point in the psalm is, well, then why? Why does God do that? He returns people to dust. Why? And the next few verses, we hear an answer. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that's your due. The Lord returns people to dust in his anger, says Moses. Now, I don't want him to be misheard. He's not trying to draw a one-to-one connection that every time someone dies, there's some particular sin, some particular wrongdoing, some particular offense to the Lord, and sort of lightning bolt-like, zap, that's it. You're gone. That's not what Moses is talking about. Uh, the clue, I think, is back in verse 3, you turn people back to dust. 
which is what God said to Adam right back in Genesis 3. Uh, early on, very right at the beginning of the Bible. I will be, next time we'll be considering some of these chapters if you want to think about it more. But uh, right at the beginning, Adam and Eve made from the dust and rebel against the Lord. And he says, for that, you'll return to the dust. And it's a, a curse, a, a verdict, a judgment on all of humanity. As collectively we've turned from the Lord, well now we'll return to the dust from which we were made. It's not a one-to-one thing, but it is because we've turned from him, his, his anger, his curse, his judgment on that is death. And Moses know that, knows that while we know these things, we know we don't live forever. Uh, we know, those of us who are believers, that there is the Lord's curse uh, hanging over the world that he's made because we turn from him. Moses knows that while we know it, we don't like to remember. And so, verse 12, teach us to number our days. It's something that's, in one sense, very simple, but also very hard to hold on to. It's very simple to count to 70, 80, 99 years. Uh, my kids are at the age where they're just sort of learning to count. And uh, with anything that's sort of new uh, and exciting, they find it exciting. And so they'll pass the time simply just by counting as high as they can go. And sometimes we'll be sort of long car driving from the back of the car. and we'll ask, what comes after 249? And was it 250? And sort of on they keep going because counting is child's play. But to count the 70 or 80 years of our life, we find that much harder. We shy away from that. We don't want to think of it. We want to pretend that we'll just keep going and going. So Moses says, praise, Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. And why would we do that? Why would we want to have that, whether it's 70 or 80 or the 4,000 weeks in front of us, to, to know the number of our days? Moses says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's the reason for it. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does wisdom look like in the face of the reality of death? Uh, Oliver Berkman, again, from what I understand, having read some summaries of what he's uh, written, he'd say lots of people will tell you that that wisdom is cram as much as you possibly can in. Uh, There's only a few years, cram as much as you possibly can into them. I think, he says, that's wrong. There's only a few years. Don't sort of crowd everything in. Just have a few things and enjoy them. Enjoy a little while we have it before it's gone. And I don't know for you whether one of those would sort of uh, be your leaning more than the other. Cram everything in or or enjoy a few things while we have them. Uh, Moses here gives us a different sort of wisdom. Perhaps a deeper wisdom. He prays to the Lord for blessing. He prays to the Lord for blessing. Every verse in the rest of this psalm is, it's a prayer, it's a request of the Lord. Verse 13, relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Lord, relent, turn, change. This disaster that we've lived through, let it lift, let there be a reversal. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you've afflicted us. For as many years as we've seen trouble. Lord, there's been this period of exile, of war, of plague, of loss. Lord, for as many years as that's been, give us that many years of joy and gladness and singing. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. Because, Lord, we need to see something from you. 
If things keep going the direction they're going, it's just downhill and downhill and downhill. Lord, show us your deeds. Show us your miraculous, amazing, wonderful, splendid work of saving us. We need you. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Repeat at the end for emphasis, in contrast with the futility of this psalm, the frustration of life. Establish the work of our hands. What is it this week that you've poured yourself into, whether paid work or volunteering or at home or relationships that we've poured ourselves into? And you get to the end of a week and look back and think, have I really achieved anything? And I've only got 4,000 of those weeks. Am I really going to achieve anything? Moses prays, Lord, establish the work of our hands for us. Let us do something that matters while we're here. Do we begin a heart of wisdom? Moses prays for blessing. That's the wisdom of this psalm. And if I'm honest, as I read that, a large part of me thinks, really? This is, in one sense, it's very exciting. We've had this hard time. Lord, now let it be great. There's something exciting about that, but I, I really think, really, it's, it seems naive. I mean, just think historically. Uh, the First World War, the war to end all wars. And at the end of it, Lord George promising that Britain would be a home fit for heroes. And ten years later, the Great Depression, and ten years later, World War Two. And at the end of that, another sort of period of, of hope and optimism as uh, Churchill's wartime government gives way to Attlee's peacetime government and a new era of coming together and social care. And th- there's a boom generation. And then there's Vietnam and a Cold War and Afghanistan. And the last two years in COVID, we've been hearing language of build back better. And in the back of our minds, we wonder, does that just mean deeper austerity. And there's a climate crisis coming. It feels naive to think, Lord, we've been through something. Can it be golden from here on in? And even in the psalm, there's that tension. Moses prays, make us glad for as many days as you've afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble. But he's already said that all our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Lord, all our days, all our years are trouble. And so when are we ever going to see the good that we're praying for? When's the turn ever going to come? What we need for this psalm to to make sense is for God's anger to be lifted, for death to be lifted. And so enter the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus who, as he hung on a cross, bore God's anger in our place. The Lord Jesus, who three days later walked out of the tomb to new life, to untroubled life, to eternal life, not for 70 or 80 years, not for 4,000 weeks, but for 2,000 years and counting. The Lord Jesus removes anger and death. And so in him, this psalm starts to make sense. It starts to, to, to fit together and to not feel too big, because he offers to us a life The other side of death, where verses 13 to 17 are fully true. A life of being satisfied in the morning with the Lord's unfailing love, of singing and being glad all our days. Not some of them, all of them. 
being glad for as many days as he's afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble, seeing his deeds, seeing his splendor, seeing his favor, the work of our hands being established, that what we do matters into eternity. In Jesus, this makes sense. Teach us to number our days, praise Moses, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. According to this psalm, what is, what is that heart of wisdom? If you're here and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you're watching and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, uh, Moses would say the first step in wisdom is to come to Jesus. There's all kinds of other people you could listen to, books you could read. Oliver Berkman will give you some wisdom in terms of how to live sensibly and wisely, knowing that death is coming. But only Jesus can offer a life beyond that death and a wisdom that makes sense in the light not only of death but of resurrection. The first step in wisdom would be coming to Jesus. And then for those of us who are Christians this morning, what does wisdom look like? We're about to sing that our only hope in life and death is the Lord Jesus. And I wonder for you, as you look back over the last couple of years, and if someone else looked into your life and to your mind and your heart, would they see that that is true, that our only hope in life and death is the Lord Jesus? I know that for me, over the last couple of years, very often I've had much smaller horizons. And my hope has been the end of a lockdown. My hope has been a vaccine that we can just get back to normal. And that, like, that's enough for me. Because I forget that normal was difficult and frustrating and marked by death. This psalm, the wisdom of this psalm, offers us a much broader horizon. The horizon of the Lord himself. That Lord who from eternity to eternity is God. That Lord who's been a home and a dwelling place for every generation of his people through history. That Lord who promises a resurrection into eternal life. This psalm offers us a broader horizon and a deeper hope. A hope not just of life going back to normal. A hope not not just of we've learned some lessons and some things are a bit better. But a hope of a resurrection life. A hope that one day satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. That we may sing for joy and be glad all our days will be our reality with nothing to mar it.